0: Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And uh, I'm Olivia. And we are currently moving through Genesis. That's right. Olivia's got this down by now. And uh, today we are going to, (laughs) and Boromir was dead part two is essentially. So in our last episode, Sarah passed away. This time Abraham's getting ready to pass away.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, how can it be Boromir dead part two? Like,
0: how could someone Sarah die twice? Came back to life and then passed away No. Uh, Abraham's gonna basically get ready to pass away. So I didn't know this was Game of Thrones. Yeah. Jamin, did you lose your wedding ring or has your wedding ring always been the one ring? The one ring to rule them all? You can't see me. <laughs> Speaking of Boromir, okay, um, Okay, what were we talking about? Abraham passed away, right? Yes. Uh, My fingers get fat in the summer, thank you. And this is bigger, so I just put this on and uh, rule everything at the same time. Okay, uh, so um, in our last episode, Abraham went ahead and... Bought some land. Bought some land. He has now been secured that he has a descendant who will give birth to more descendants, right? Which was part of God's promise. So he saw that before he died. And when he bought this land for Sarah's grave in the last episode, he now saw the promise that he will inherit the land of Canaan, and his descendants would inherit, through this last kind of act before he dies. Because Sarah's grave... Has been bought legally In the land of Canaan Abraham now owns Some land of Canaan
1: I mean wouldn't that be Just kind of like The seed of Canaan Like this is, this is where it begins
0: Yeah Basically And that's I think The impression Because the same with Isaac his son It's a seed mm-hmm. Literally Of Abraham which, It's where it begins And and so Abraham is like The start of Of this story In his final breath It's finally coming To life here now, uh, after this happens, Abraham calls his uh, um, servant to him. And we don't know what servant this is, but it seems like a pretty important servant. Could be Eleazar, who was like a servant Abraham set up a long time ago, who would probably inherit all of his his stuff if Abraham never ended up having... Uh, Child but he has had a child So we don't know if this is Eleazar or someone else um, But he's he's old he calls A servant and he gives him a mission And we've talked about this in an Episode put your hand under my thigh I Swear that you're going to do This for me in that other episode Which you can go watch he's more or less Putting his hand on his genitals And swearing by his Genitals and by The descendants that have come from his genitals that he will do these things you can go watch these episodes but the promises of God that have laid within Abraham's procreative sources is now being sworn upon by this servant that he will uh, go and do these things that Abraham has asked him to do here's what Abraham says um, you may swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife from my son Isaac. Sounds a little weird to us. Like, don't marry a Canaanite. Instead, go to family. <laughs> family is where the heart is. Wait, is this the job is. <laughs> is of
1: the Old Testament? The no. <laughs> Family. That's not... It's all
0: about family. Hmm. Anyways, he's uh, supposed to go to family. Why Why not the Canaanites, do you think? Like, I'm not entirely sure on this, but I think we could throw out a few proposals. Anyway, got any? Why not marry the Canaanites?
1: I mean, my first thought is descendants of Cain. So, therefore, the mark of Cain.
0: So, so something bad with that. Animal, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I would propose is Abraham is eventually supposed to get the land of the Canaanites. When I talk about family drama, (laughs) you probably don't want to marry into the people that are eventually going to be conquered through your descendants. It could create some issues. Granted, I don't know if he knows that's what's coming or not, I don't know.
1: I mean, or it could be like medieval history and where the marriages happen,
0: they merge, they get the old land. Yeah, so then maybe it's like God didn't give it to him, he cheated and found another way by marrying into it. Right. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that I would say, I don't know if it's being said here so much, but it would be said in other areas of the Bible. Part of the reason that Israel was always supposed to like keep their marriages within Israel. It's not because the Bible is like racist, but it's because like in ancient times, nations were divided. Even biblically nations were divided up amongst other gods, right? Deuteronomy 32 worldview. We talked about this a hundred times. All the nations are assigned to different gods and those gods have become corrupt. These little G gods, Abraham is following the one true God, Yahweh. And, uh, um, Throughout the Bible, whenever you marry into other nations, you always end up bringing their gods along with them.
1: Having issues.
0: Yeah. So it ends up like... Think of Solomon, for example. The guy starts off good. Like he's a good king. He wants to follow God. He wants God's wisdom. And then he starts getting lots and lots and lots of wives. And through that he eventually falls into the sin of worshiping all of their gods, creating altars to all their gods. And then Israel eventually has fallen into bringing all the other false gods into their religion. Why? Well, because he married into other religions and then brought them in. And that, that tends to happen. So like when you get to the New Testament and you get to... Um, Paul. Paul's going to talk about the importance of like believers being married to believers. He's no longer. He doesn't seem to necessarily be saying like you need to all be the same race anymore because that's not the problem. In the New Testament, it's like you all need to be Christians because when you're marrying into other uh, people who aren't Christians, well, you're marrying into the difficulties of bringing in other religions, bringing in the false gods. And, and what's the most important? It's God. Like That's what our entire lives are about. And so if you're going to bring in people who aren't concerned with Yahweh, marriage is already hard enough <laughs> uh, that the last thing you need is like to make it even harder. By now suddenly, the most important focal point of Yahweh is not your focal point anymore. And I realized that Typically, at least in American mindset, it's like, it's not usually Christians want to marry people with other religions, it's more like Christian and atheist, right? Mm-hmm. But like from a biblical worldview, well, from a Christian worldview, Jesus is, is everything, right? So like, if you're going to marry someone and you're going to become one flesh and that person doesn't care about Jesus, you are going to make your life a whole lot harder and your faith a whole lot harder, Uh But even if someone would be atheist per se, from a biblical biblical worldview, there are no atheists. Everybody is subservient either to God or everything else. So, let me pause right there really quick. Does that make sense, or like from a biblical worldview and all that? Mm -hmm. uh, Which, I I can at least attest to this, maybe Olivia can too. Like, again, marriage is hard enough (laughs) if... If my wife was not a believer, I can just imagine, like, the level of, like, all of our values would be entirely different. Even our thoughts on marriage would be entirely different. Like, this is what unifies us. And And, and you working your job would be very different. Yeah, it'd be hard to pastor if my (laughs) wife didn't believe in everything that, you know, I I pastored for. So, anyways, the, the Bible is not racist when it comes to, like... No, don't marry other people outside of Israel. No, the idea was like we stay within the faith. These are the covenant people of Yahweh, and we don't want to bring the false gods into this mix and give our lives over to all these other things, which Israel is going to do over and over and over and over again. So they're living proof that you will, you know, things get muddy when when that happens. So, anyways, I just want to stop there for a minute and help people not see like racism was not the point here. Um, but that's one thing that he wants, go to outside the land of Canaan, maybe because he knows that these people are following the false gods, but also maybe not because his family was following the false gods. Yahweh called him out of that, right? So possibly that's not exactly what's going through his head here. Either way, he goes to family. Family takes a wife for his son, Isaac, and the servant says, perhaps a woman may not be willing to follow me to this land must I then take your son back to the land from which you came and this would be outside of Canaan right go back to Mesopotamia go back to home and Abraham said to him see to it that you do not take my son back there why why do you think because the promise is for here and they don't want to go away from that promise yeah And again, like he just got a piece of Canaan for his wife's. It's like the promises are starting. Do not take my son back there. (laughs) It's like, don't let go. We just started it. Hold on. We got this. Got to keep the
1: momentum.
0: Well, going back would probably bring a lot of comfort too, right? I mean, is that not the case for many of us? Like going home somewhere. I don't even know if he knows his family, but they know his dad. And they would just be like oh, you're welcome here, you know, like, it'd be very easy, like, this is why he's not even sending his son to to go find a, a wife. He doesn't want him to, like, I would say he doesn't want him to get, like, back close to family and just get trapped into, Ah, oh, this is better, I'm just staying here. It's like with Lot, Lot kept tiptoeing towards Sodom and Gomorrah and then kind of stayed there, right? And now it's similar with, like, he's not even giving Isaac a chance to tiptoe back home, He's just making sure that he So
1: in other words, there's there's no place like home.
0: Which is why you shouldn't go there. Is that what you are
1: not in Kansas anymore, Casey? It's
0: true. Are we just telling more Casey jokes now? Mm-hmm. I he made he made the he Made a Wizard of Oz joke. Of oh. Oz so, so she responded so I'm making the Wizard of Oz joke because he used to live in Kansas. Well Jimmy Chin Chin that is not the Wizard of Oz. Oh. No. Isn't that Mary Poppins? Yeah. Chim <laughs> Chimmery. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, this is your fault. <laughs> You've thrown us off again. Uh, see to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land. So, right there is all part of the reason don't go mm-hmm. back there. The promises are here, not there. He will send his angel before you. And you shall take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. <laughs> <laughs> is that the third time he's been like, yeah, don't do it? It's pretty clear. Like, no, leave the temptation out of here. Maybe he knows his family's just a very absorbing kind of family, you know? Oh, welcome! Stay a while, forever! You know, whatever the case may be. Well, forever. Oh, you don't have a wife? Well, I know a girl in the village. Perfect for you. Abraham's also had, like, a lot of prosperity in his time. So, like, maybe the family's like, ooh, rich guy's coming home. Like, let's, let's get, you know, whatever the case may be. Abraham seems pretty clear, like... I'm using my servant. You're going to go find my son a wife. But what's interesting here, we get this weird... This is like two complete opposite sides of the spectrum. On one side, we're talking arranged marriage, right? Uh-huh. Go That's find... Right. Yeah. Yeah, go find someone to marry my son who will make the deal, who would be willing to, you know, come back here and, and whatnot. So arranged marriage. It's not like Isaac has a meet-cute <laughs> When he does, he's pooping. That's a different episode. We already did that one, right? <laughs> Go watch our episode about Isaac and uh, <laughs> Isaac and Rebecca's meeting moment, where he might be pooping in the woods. Um, but <laughs> that be what am I talking about? I can't concentrate anymore. <laughs> um, arranged marriage. Arranged marriage. On one side, it's an arranged marriage, but on the other side, I think soulmates is too strong of a word here. But Abraham has the expectation that it's Jesus, the angel of the Lord. We've done episodes on him before. It's God's angel who is going to divinely set up someone to marry. (laughs) So we have this kind of weird, like arranged marriage meets soulmate moment. I I don't like soulmate because I I don't really think that's a thing. It's more like arranged marriage meets... Divine providence. Divine providence of an arranged marriage. Like, it wasn't just a business deal made somewhere. It was a God... Trusting trusting in God's plan. Yeah. So, in the Bible, do we then have, like, the possibility of God setting up marriages? Like, Him bringing people together, specifically? Yeah, we actually do. Is it, like, a romantic one? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but but it is still still there. That's not to say that like every marriage ever is divinely orchestrated. What's important to God is like because I'm gonna segue again. Uh, people get to this point of like I don't think God meant to set us up, or I think I was supposed to marry this person, or the worst of all is uh, I'm married to this person, but I think God wants me to be with this person, so I'm gonna leave them and marry them. All of that is like completely anti bible like jesus's point later is going to be like whoever you're married to is who you're married to for life to the point that jesus is like aren't we don't even recognize divorce like if you're divorced no you're not you're still married to them that's a pretty big extreme so jesus wouldn't say that and someone just come along and be like well i think i married the wrong person what would jesus's answer be to that you married them you married them you are married to them, you stay with them, right? Unless we're getting into, like, sexual infidelity or, you know, other kind of infidelity that we'd be talking about as well, like abuse and whatnot. We're looking at Jesus's story, Jesus' own words into it is, like, marriage is marriage, faithfulness is faithfulness, fidelity is fidelity, regardless of... um whether there's any divine kind of orchestration going on in the background. So if you're ever struggling with that idea of, like, is it the right person or no, the answer is yes, because you're married to them. They are now the right person till death do you part. So the Bible holds a very—Jesus holds a very, very high uh, standard standard when it comes, comes to marriage. So anyways, this story, you've got the uh, servant going out, and then we have— you ever prayed that God would do something so that you know if you're in the right spot?
1: Yeah.
0: You want to share? Or you just know you've done it? I just the, know I've done it. We've we all think done it. it. Like, like, I can think of other people's stories. I'm trying to think of... <laughs>
1: I mean, it's more along the kind of... like I don't remember what it was, but it was just like, all right, God, if I'm not supposed to do this, stop me. Like, yeah. kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, we've all heard the stories that... I can't prove because I've only heard them of like, God, if you're real to have someone come in this building and do a handstand over by the slushies. Mm-hmm. Right? We, both, yeah. we both heard that story in college. I believe God could do that. And I have to trust that the speaker wasn't making it up. Uh, and Then some guy came in and did a handstand over by the slushies. Like, I don't know. I just felt like God wanted me to do that and then left. You know, like stories like that where suddenly like, okay, God has like illustrated to me in this moment that I'm on track or that I'm... that he's real or... something like that. Abraham said that God's angel was going to go before his servant, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not as though this angel... it's not as though, like, the angel of the Lord is now Cupid. Like, I'm going to strike this woman and she's just with my little bow and arrow and she's just instantly going to be in love. No, but the angel Abraham is hoping since these promises are dependent upon more descendants, that this angel is going to set things up, right? Um, so he gets there. Though Abraham does leave space, that it may not happen. It could go wrong and she may not come back with him, right? But uh, the servant goes there and the servant decides to kind of put a little test out for the angel, uh, for God, like... Here's what you could do to prove to me that I'm getting the right person or going the right way. Uh, And let's find that spot. He said, Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman to whom I shall say, please let down your jar that I may drink. And who shall say, drink? And I will water your camels. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. So he has his own do a handstand over by that side of the building. Um, and in this case, it's like, when everybody comes out, let there be a woman who comes and says, I'll give you some water and then I'll water your camels. Seems small to us, right? But I mean, also a huge kindness. Yes.
1: Just because, like, the person that would say that, like, would be a very kind person just in general. And whether or not it was the Lord's leading or not, like, I can almost see that happening accidentally. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just enough to where it's like, it's his sign. But to the person that, you know, said it might be like, oh, this is just normal day Tuesday, you know? <laughs>
0: I also wouldn't call it necessarily a small thing. First off, like today we're just thinking, oh, hang on. Let me go turn on the faucet and bring you a cup of water. And we're talking about this woman. It's like, let me give you a drink. Okay. Now let me go back and forth to the well in your camels. <laughs> well, how far away are the camels? I don't, I don't know. But like we're talking lower in, pull up, lower in, pull up, camel water, camel water. You know, like How many camels, like,
1: camels did he have?
0: I feel like that could be one bucket.
1: Like, I know camels drink a lot, but still, like, I feel like camels could...
0: Isn't it like their whole humps made of water or something?
1: I mean, yes, but still... Well, yeah, well, okay. If it's like a two-gallon bucket that gets lowered and raised... It took ten camels. Okay, that's a lot of camels.
0: <laughs> Which is probably part of the way of convincing this family to send the daughter back is like... These are just ten of my master's camels. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a bartering, like... Obviously, I'm taking... I have five cows. I would like to take one of your daughters back to something that has, you know, wealth. wealth. You're not just, like, sending him anywhere. I'm not trying to human traffic your daughter. He's flexing, right, by with these ten camels. So, yeah. so he's taking these ten camels back, and uh, um, the... Uh, the, the, this woman is Giving water to Ten camels in him So that is a pretty much a bigger deal Now When you're in the heat of those moments And like the prophecy has come true You get kind of psyched right And you start telling everybody about it We had this at Nerd Church Just last week Somebody had a testimony And it wasn't even fully done yet They were just in the middle of the testimony and they just wanted to preach about it for like half an hour to like share, like, I'm in the middle of the testimony. I'm excited about what God's going to do. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Like, <laughs> let, let me just share what God is doing, right? He then gets into that. You know how the Bible repeats itself constantly? Like, uh-huh. There's just a lot of passages where it's like, and then let's write the whole thing all over again. This is one of those is where the servant then goes and sits with the family and he retells the whole story. I came today to the spring and said, Oh Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if you're now prospering way that I go, behold, I am standing by the spring of water. Let the virgin comes out, draw water to whom I say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink? And I will draw your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed my master's son. Before I had finished speaking my heart, behold, Rebecca came out with a water jar on her shoulder and she went down to the spring of water and. And I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down from her shoulder and said, drink. And I will give you a camel's drink also. So I drank. She gave a camel's drink also. And then I asked her, (laughs) it's like, why did you just retell the whole thing? Well, he's retelling like the (laughs) joy, the 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 story. Like, can you believe the supernatural miracle? Which for many of us on the outside of the miracle are like, it's just water, bro. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> but like, have you ever had that with someone else? Like, they know they're in the middle of a miracle that God is doing something, and you on the outside are like, "It's just water." Well, that's kind of what. It, well, they they obviously they all know. Like, okay, this must be God's sign because they send their daughter back with him. Uh, but for this testimony, like, he's pumped up. He's retelling the story not as like a like a. This might be a reason. No, he's like. Is the divine providence of God. So always water someone's camels because you never know what's on the other side of that stuff. That's the takeaway? That's the takeaway. That's it. That's all we wanted to say. 24 minutes to get to the takeaway of water someone's camels. Anyways, he then returns home. And we don't even know if Abraham's still alive at this point. Uh, he hasn't died yet but it also seems at the same time like chronologically he's about to die in a moment but he doesn't seem there when the servant returns as though maybe he already did. So the chronology of these passages may be uh, a little out. Anyways, Abraham's dying breath. His story continues. His child is now going to have someone to make a child with and that's where we move into the next story of Jacob and Esau and things like that. So with that being said, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. And
1: if you could share the video, we'd appreciate it. And water people's camels.